This is the Go Radio Football Show Podcast. Hosted by Rob McLean, John Hartson and Stephen Cragen. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Last week there were five, this week there are four. That's Scottish teams in Europe. Let's hope we can keep it that way. Uh, the group stages in the Europa and Conference Leagues are just one tie away. Rangers Aberdeen and St Johnston play on Thursday. Tomorrow night it's Celtic against AZ Alkmaar after a four-game run for Ange Postecoglou's team which has produced four wins, Stephen Cragen, and 16 goals. Incredible, Rob. What a real turnaround in Celtic. Goal scoring, everybody's enjoying watching them. You think two months ago, uh, there was so much disconnect between the fans and the players and the club. Everything seemed to be going wrong. And this guy came in from Japan and suddenly he's united everybody with attacking, exciting, goal scoring football. And the Celtic fans are back in love with their team again. And there's another man from Japan who's exciting the Celtic fans um, as well. The Premiership season resumes this weekend, match day three across Saturday and Sunday. And maybe over the last couple of weeks, we've all had to reassess how we see the league campaign going with Rangers making a stuttering start and Celtic, John Hartson, making big improvements. They are, and I think they will make even more improvements. I don't think uh, they've stopped in terms of... uh, players to come in but uh, the players he has brought in have been outstanding they hit the ground running which you need them to do we said at the start of the season don't want Rangers you know going away with that with that lead and playing catch up but the likes of Abada uh, Kyogo Starfelt uh, some good signings and, and as I said Rob I think there's more to come that's that's four wins in a row um, you know uh, uh, Kyogo five, five goals in five games so certainly, it's um, it's been an impressive run they've been on, absolutely. He's not John Hartson, but he's off to a good start, isn't he? He's Kyogo off to a very good Furuhashi. start, but smaller than me. He's a different type, Rob. Yeah, different type. different type of striker, but doing the same thing, finding the back of the net with a fair bit of regularity. John Hartson, Stephen Cragen and Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show on a Tuesday. It was also it was almost the three of us, plus Marvin Bartley, uh, who, has tur- who turned up a, a little while ago, the earliest he's ever turned up for a Go Radio Football Show, 24 hours early but uh, <laughs> we, we almost had to pull up an extra chair crags well he got a shock he thought he was on tonight it's supposed to be tomorrow night by all accounts I don't think he could do tomorrow no, night either good. so it's been a complete wasted trip for Marlon yeah, coming indeed. the whole way through from Livingston indeed. now he's heading back home such commitment good to see it uh, European football this week uh, Celtic Alkmaar tomorrow that's a 7.45 kickoff. Uh, and then Thursday for Aberdeen in Azerbaijan, Baku to be exact, Karabag. That's a five o'clock kickoff on Thursday. Lask against St Johnston, uh, six o'clock, and Rangers against Alash Kert. I saw some a quote from Liam Gordon, the St Johnston defender, yeah. uh, today today saying uh, we didn't get a place in Europe in a raffle, so we've really got to to make the most yeah. of it. Having done so well against Galatasaray, but I wonder. Uh, they've got a great chance here uh, against Lask. What do you reckon, Craigs? What what are their chances of getting to the the group stage? Well, the key for St Johnson is probably the exact same as Aberdeen. When you go away from home in the first leg, Rob, you want to make sure when you come back to your place, you're still in the tie. You're within touching distance. Uh, worst case scenario, probably a goal behind. If you can come back level or leading in the tie, then suddenly the home fans will come out. It was great to see the St Johnson fans pack out McDermott Park. Uh, last Thursday night I think the players deserved that and the management after the season they had last season so it would be nice to come back 
um, well in the time with a real good feeling that they've got enough to beat last and get themselves through. You know, you look at Rangers and Celtic in Europe, I think it's critical that they're still involved in Europe. They will be one way or the other, but, you know, preferably in the Europa League. Whereas St Johnston and Aberdeen, I think it's a bonus for them to be involved beyond this stage. But now they're here, they've got to grasp the opportunity. The finances for the club are extraordinary, you know, considering the finances they get from TV money um, and attendances and all their income. This would blow it out of the water. So it was a real opportunity. And let's hope that, uh, you know, St Johnston, you know, we know they're a good team. They're well organised, they're hard to beat, they carry a threat in the counter-attack. So let's hope they have enough of the two legs. Do, yep. do you think now, Craig, that with the, with the away goal now scrapped, you know, there's an emphasis on going away from home and scoring. It's not there as much now, is it? No, no, it's not. But mm. and I think that helps because there's not many Scottish clubs out with Rangers and Celtic get clean sheets at home all the time, John, in Europe. And it was always the killer. You know, that they go away from home and we lose by a single goal, bring them back to Scotland. They lose the first goal in the in the tie, then they need three to go through, and it becomes mm -hmm. very difficult. So even if they go away and lose one nil or two one, they're still you know, and then they concede at home they could still go on, push yes. on and try and win the tie. So mm -hmm. I think it actually helps our smaller Scottish clubs that the away goal has been scrapped. So we're thinking about Aberdeen in Azerbaijan, uh, St Johnston in Austria, Rangers at home to Alaskair, but that's Thursday. Uh, our main focus tonight will be Celtic against Alkmaar in terms of the, the European ties. Um, do you want to talk about Celtic? Do you want to talk about Rangers, St Johnston, Aberdeen? Do you want to talk about the resuming Premiership campaign, uh, which gets off and running again at the weekend. Maybe a surprising start. Uh, Rangers not starting the way they intended to. And certainly, as John was saying right at the top of the show, big signs of recovery from Celtic. And uh, Ange Postacoglu has been speaking today, holding a media conference um, and some very interesting uh, comments to come from him a lot. I think if you're a Celtic fan, you're going to be pretty um, excited about the way he's talking about the further improvements to come. They've made strides already, of course, uh, but a lot more progress to come as far as he's concerned. What 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 I look for is you know improvement, buying from the players, belief in in what we're doing. Those are the kind of things that are important because wherever I've worked, they're the key cornerstones of us building a successful side and you know I'm seeing evidence of that for sure 100% not just me I think everyone is that you know the players are buying into it they're believing in it um, they're getting rewarded for it we've still got so much to to build into that in terms of to make it a strong foundation and I've got no doubt we've got some some challenges ahead of us and, and how we overcome those challenges belief is tested in the most toughest of times not necessarily when things are going well there's all those things that you know I've been through this process a number of times that I, I, I'm pleased with uh, where we're at I'm not surprised by where we're at and uh, I'm not disappointed we're not further ahead because where we're at is where we're at I think communication um, has been lacking from Celtic hasn't it for, for quite some considerable time during the search for a manager but since he's put his feet under the table John and yeah. Postacoglu uh, he tells it like it is doesn't he that there just seems to be a constant stream of communication yeah. from him uh, he's not having anyone on he, he, he talks pretty straight doesn't he Yes, he does. And, and I like what he's saying because the things that he wants Celtic to do, the way that he wants them to play, the way that he's employed his tactics and, and his nous and experience on the team. So I'll start with the high press. The Celtic forwards are working so much harder. You know, you see uh, Kyogo closing down, but that's a trigger. That's a trigger from the players in behind him. And then we've seen Christie working exceptionally hard, closing down. 
and then Forrest on the other side. That high press, not allowing the opposition to come out. Also, for me, it's the playing out from the back. Now, I said a couple of times that you can play out from the back if your full-backs and your two centre-halves are good on the ball. And I've seen Joe Hart several times in the couple of games that he's played. He's hit it long. He's hit it long because the opposition have, have latched onto that and they now press Celtic high. They almost say, we're not allowing you to, to come out from the back. But he knows that. You just you just adjust accordingly anyway. And what also what he's doing, he's getting his midfield players, he's attacking midfield players in further advanced positions to go and affect the game. We've seen David Turnbull scoring a couple of goals already because he's in an advanced position to score. He's not constantly uh, defending and he's back sort of in his own final third. We've seen Christie getting forward in more you know, up in more positions to score from midfield, attacking midfield players, not just running back. They'll do that naturally, but he wants to get his midfield players, his goal-scoring talents, if you like, midfield goal scorers in positions where they can score. So you can clearly see what he's trying to implement on the team. It's, it's showing. It's mm. showing in abundance. And that's that's three of probably many other things that he's asking his team to do. But that high press, the you know, getting his midfield players to get into fourth, more forward position positions to score goals. And of course, just playing out from the back. We can do that. If you if your your wide men go wide, your two full backs and they're in space, and then you can do it quickly, then you can play from there. But I've seen Joe Hart a few times, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this. He's saying, I'm not taking a risk. I'm not playing it short. I'll go long. And I'll I'll get my centre forwards and the midfielders to spin and get them second balls. So you can see already some of the you know the what he's trying to do in terms of uh in terms of his early so demands on yeah. the players, and you've got to put demands on players. He's in a position to do it. He's new to the club. He's got some new players come in. When's the best time to put the demands on the players? Yeah, I mean, straight away. Yeah, absolutely. And the results are obvious, aren't they? The yeah. four wins on the bounce, sixteen goals. What about defensively, though? though well, John speaking I, about Joe yeah. Hart kicking it, kicking it long. I mean, midfield to front, it's fairly obvious that he's had a, having a big impact, mm. and Furuhashi is having a big impact on the way yeah. Celtic are playing. But what about further back the pitch? Well, with the the defence, Craggs, what are you think? I think they'll get a better idea tomorrow night. And you're talking about the back line, Rob. You're not just talking about defending. You're almost leading into what John was talking about: playing out from the back, playing inverted fullbacks, leaving lots of space. Because you know, let's be honest. Uh, Yablonets were bang average. I think Dundee got blew away. And Hearts, Celtic made Hearts look below average just because of their oppression and their aggression in the top third of the pitch. That then frightened the Hearts forward, so they didn't get themselves up the pitch far enough to make an impact really on Celtic. And that was that a, that, and it was a deceiving scoreline, wasn't it? I mean, it was, 3-2 was a, was a ridiculous scoreline, scoreline based so on what happened. tomorrow night, I think, will be a better marker for Ange Postacoglu and the Celtic supporters and John's working tomorrow night at the game just to see how if they go and press Alkmaar, Dutch players, Dutch football, technically very good, comfortable in possession, will take the ball anywhere in the pitch. I expect uh, AZ to be the exact same. So if they break that press, what comes after that? Or if Celtic try and play out from the back and AZ lock on and stop them playing out, does Celtic take risks? Do they drop the ball in back? So I think they'll get more questions asked tomorrow night 
Uh, and without getting carried away, because I have to say, the football on Sunday first 50, 55 minutes was scintillating. What, you know, put your loyalties aside as a football fan, as a purist, it was absolutely top-notch of how you want your team or how you'd like your team to play if you're a coach or a manager. Sensational stuff. But tomorrow night will be, an, you know, I think, a step up in quality. And that's when you'll see what they're like as 1v1 defenders. You only think back to the West Ham game in pre-season, when everything seemed to be ticking along nicely and suddenly, you know, uh, Mikel Antonio pace you know, spacing behind, Celtic got exposed and they went, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I think tomorrow night, not to that same quality, but I think they'll certainly get questions asked and we'll be in a better position to judge defensively. And the one thing as well, Craigs, that I would try to eradicate totally. Sometimes defenders think, oh, well, I'm going to try it because I need to I need to get punished a couple of times before I completely change my mindset. I played the likes of Tony Adams, Rob Martin Keon, Johan Mayalbi. They never took risks. Top defenders don't take risks. And I still see one or two instances with the Celtic defence. I know the other night they were, they, it, was, it was quite easy against Jablonets. But I'm still seeing Starfelt making silly tackles in the box, going to ground. And I'm still seeing defenders trying to play it across the back line. You don't do that. Get it forward. You know, keep keep your keep the goal out of your own net. Play in the opposition half, but I think that will come in time. You think that's because it's been too easy, John? Possibly. And you know, possibly, it's like mentally, yeah. you start to switch off and you start to be a bit lax, and you yeah. start to play a little risk when you don't really yeah, need to. But, but you're it's in that transformation. Yes, from switching off from that. You got defend game. Defend properly. Keep clean sheets. What are we you thinking know? about Carl Starfelt so far? I mean, he got off to a shocker of a start, didn't he? At, I think Thine the jury's Castle. still out. I think we have to say the jury's still out. You know, when you look at Christopher Iyer and Christopher Julian, you know, they had deficiencies, but they were a big presence. You look at that team and one of them is playing you full. There's a big imposing centre half. He may not have been tackling, but physically, but I don't think Starfelt is that. And then given when the penalty on Sunday, just missed timing things. You know, it's as if he needs a more imposing, more experienced one with him. And Stephen Welch probably needs the same. Yeah. So you're putting the two of them together and hoping it works. So I, 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 again, I think we'll get a better test tomorrow night of what he's good at and what he's not and what he still has to work on because I expect to be up against better players and, and AZ will have more possession than what Dundee and Yablonets and Hearts have had. It's, it's what you're getting for your money, isn't it? You know, he costs you just over £4 million. Comes from Ruben Kazan. He's 26. Swedish international. Yeah. And on paper, on reputation, you're getting a good player. But when you come to Celtic, um, keeping clean sheets is imperative. Not making mistakes. You've got to eradicate them mistakes. And it's still very early, Rob. It's mm. still very, very... What's he played? Three or four games maximum? Yeah, yeah he's been pitched so, into it. Yeah, he's been pitched into it. And he's gone in with a couple of different centre-halves. He's played with Neo Beton. He's gone in with Stephen Welsh. So it's, it's all about settling down. He's probably haven't found a house yet. He's probably still in a hotel. Mm. You know, so all these things you have to, you have to put into perspective when a player who's been playing in Russia comes across mm. and all of a sudden signs a long-term deal at Celtic, you don't have a lot of time to settle in. And, you know, the knives are out very early. Yeah. But I just think, with all due respect, you've got to give some players a bit more time to get it right. What and I would say is it, it's different. See, when you play for one of the old firm, because they dominate the ball so much, the full-backs are so high, Rob, you end up doing a lot of defending 1v1. And maybe when he's played for Ruben Kazan, he's always had two central defenders and, and maybe one full-back now. The games would be more 50-50. Up here in Scotland at times it's 80-20%, you know, with regards to dominance. So that's when you can get exposed, you can get caught 1v1 and it's all about then organising and talking and filling gaps and not watching the ball. 
and what's going on. It's actually watching uh, your, your teammates and making sure there's no gaps so you don't get exploited. It becomes too easy at times. Mm. You start watching and you and, and you drift and suddenly one long ball and you can get caught yeah. out. So that's just a little air of caution that he's probably not played in a team that has been as dominant as Celtic in some games. Uh, Ruben Gonzalez more competitive. So that's the little adjustment he has to make too. And the onus is on him, isn't it? He's not a young player. He's an experienced player. He's an international player. Um, you've got Stephen Welsh, who's still a developing talent uh, at Celtic. You've got Neil Beaton, and not everybody is convinced that he's a central yeah. defender in any case. People speak about Christopher Julian, but it would be safer to leave him out of the equation at the moment yeah. because he is nowhere close to coming back. I mean, I think he's still doing individual rehab. Well, I think he was moment. asked last week, wasn't he? And he said, I don't know, I have no idea. Yeah. So he really doesn't know how long he's going to be. So you'd imagine when he's talking about bringing players in, you would think another central defender and um, probably yeah. edging on the more experienced side, maybe towards 30 as opposed to towards 20. Yeah. He's got enough defenders towards 20, he needs one towards 30, who he can rely on and trust to think, that is my number one centre-half. And he would go with Carl Starfelt or Stephen Welch, you'd imagine, or Dan yeah. Murray. But there are some new players arriving. We're going to hear what Ange Postacoglu said today in answer to that question. He is very positive, very confident that there are going to be players coming in to Celtic in the coming days. Join the football chat if you fancy 0808 1717 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. The Go Radio Football Show on a Tuesday. Looking ahead to the European Games coming up. Uh, this week, Celtic Alkmaar tomorrow night and then Thursday for Canabag against Aberdeen, Lask against St. Johnston. Rangers play Alashkert at Ibrox. And then, of course, back into the weekend after uh, a League Cup weekend in which we got to the quarterfinals. Thank you very much for uh, conducting the draw so, so beautifully, Crags, yeah. uh, on Sunday. Good performance from you. <laughs> It's been a while. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but back into the Premiership this weekend after, um, well, a surprising start in many ways. Celtic losing on the opening weekend and Rangers then losing at Tannadice. Losing three on the bounce, Rangers, but they're back on track after beating Dunfermline in the League Cup. That was on Friday night. It's Rob McLean, it's John Hartson, it's Stephen Cragen on the Go Radio Football Show. And we can welcome Kevin from Bells Hill as well. Hi, Kev. Hi, hi, yeah. Hi, Kevin. How you doing, guys? Oh, right, Kevin. Good. What would you like to say, Kevin? John you're a John Harrison, you're a legend. <laughs> Thank you. Kevin. He, was just, he was just telling me that actually. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you like to say, Kevin? Um, what it is is the Celtic, the Scottish boys, and the the core James Forrest, Callum McGregor, Christie. We need to keep them. We win the day for this team to go forward. Keep the Scottish score, and now, like, really. Forward. John Hartson can Celtic keep Ryan Christie I mean it just depends what's happening inside his head I guess if he's made up his mind he wants to go yeah. or can his head be turned maybe by Ange Postacoglu and, and what's happened in the last couple of well, weeks you hope so Rob you certainly hope so Kevin because he's come back this season a different player hasn't he he's been yeah, absolutely totally he's been absolutely outstanding in all the friendies and in, in the early league games, in the um, the Europa League uh, qualifiers, he, he really has. He's been Celtic's best player at times. And, you know, some of the, the, the amount of ground that he covers and um, his passing is, is, is absolutely magnificent, you know, his, his general play. And uh, sometimes I'm scratching my head, Kev, to think how... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes, mate, you know, I'm, I'm scratching my head thinking... 
you know, how how are they allowed his contract to go down to, to the situation that it is? Now, I'm sure they've offered him a new deal. I, I'm absolutely positive of that. Um, and I hope... Uh, I, I, hope bringing, I hope bringing in Ange, the new manager, and the way that Celtic are playing, there's a feel-good factor. They, you know, they've got magnificent centre-forward now in Kyogo, great, fantastic right-sided play in Abada. There's going to be more... And hopefully that Ryan Christie will want to be a part of this sort of team now with, with Ange Postecoglou. But I don't know what his agents are saying. I don't know what's happening inside the club. Go on, mate. Go on. Maybe he's got options to go elsewhere. Yeah. Nobody knows. No. Exactly. We, 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 all, we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. I personally, I'm hoping that Postecoglou can change his mind and they give him a good deal. Um, you know, they raise his money. They give him a, a new contract. And he ends up staying because he wants to buy into this new sort of good football, new feel-good factor. You know, these four winning games in a row. I know there's an awful lot. It's a 38-game league season. Long way to yeah. go, of course. But I, I'm the same as you. I think it's really important to keep, you know, these these good young players that we have. But we don't know. Has, has his head been turned? Is, is, is his agent on him? Has he got, has he got big deal that, on the line from another club? Game. You know? It was your best buddy that was actually managing Celtic last season, Bill. But, no, it's, it's a totally different mindset now. My but best buddy? No, my best buddy's in Wales, pal. He's not my best buddy. Oh, sorry. No, he's not my best buddy. Far from it. <laughs> I, got, I got pals I grew up with in Swansea. They're my best buddies, <laughs> mate. You know, teammates or acquaintances, aren't they? You know. What, what I would say on Ryan Christie is the one thing that would have changed his mind this season would have been the style of football. You know, you talk about yep. changing his mind, John, and wanting to stay. He must yeah, be thinking, this is good. The vibe, the support, the noise, which was there two seasons ago, and you're thinking, I want to be part of this. Yeah. I think that's the one thing that Ange mm. could have changed. He probably couldn't maybe offer him a lot more money or I'd imagine it's a three, four, five-year deal, whatever he wants. Mm. But the style of football, and as a player, you want to know that the club's going in the right direction. You can thrive on the pitch. You can be successful. You can continue to grow. I think that might have changed his mind. And and, and, and the appointment of Ange Postacoglu and the style of change, the style of play change, yeah. and the excitement and the energy in the team might have mm. thought or might have given or might give Ryan Christie second thoughts, which is encouraging. Yeah, I mean, excitement was the, yeah. word, the word that I was going to use there because if you think that you're going to be in at the start of a big recovery mission uh, and maybe it, it is starting to feel like that at the moment, then maybe uh, Kevin Ryan Christie would want to be part of that. Do, do, you, yeah, do, you, do you think the chances are good? That, that, yeah, Rob, do you look at the atmosphere at that part in Celtic Park other night? It's just... Um, why would you know why to be part of that? Yeah. And what I would say is there's not many other clubs around the UK get that on a regular basis. You know, yeah. yes, you can leave for money and you can leave for glamour, yeah. but you don't get that edge that Celtic Park, listen, this no. is a player having played against Celtic yeah. often enough and thinking, wow, yeah. this is incredible yeah. in here. And listen, Ibrox has seen the noise that the two clubs generate. Mm. So as a player, you're not going to get that somewhere no. else. Well, you know, the, you know, well, there's the very man to tell us, uh, you know, having sampled it, John, so yeah. often, that special feeling at Celtic Park you, it would have to be good for you to want to swap that for something else wouldn't it? Well it would absolutely but Kieran Tini did yeah you know Kieran Tini come through the system he'd played over what how many games he played in the Champions League you know he tasted it and he was Celtic to the core um, but he wanted to go and experience the Premier League you know he's probably tripled his wages um, so Kieran decided yeah. to do that 
that was his but decision. Celtic, but Celtic the Arsenal would be better than Celtic the Burnley or Celtic to Southampton. Yeah, you'd but imagine. All, you know, all we're saying is, cause I hope, wise. and I've already said it here on record, I hope that um, Ryan Christie can but, uh, can read really it. But then, Burnley's a totally different animal to Arsenal. Yeah, that that's my point. I'm making the John. Yeah, you know, who's, from, who's going to Burnley? No, no. Well, I think I think Ryan just has been linked a club like Burnley. You know, if that's what you're swapping Celtic for, the lower reaches of the yeah. Premiership, yeah. a club that doesn't have a, a fraction of of the fan base that yes. Celtic have. No, you I know, agree. I agree on on that on that point. Not make, not being disrespectful to Burnley supporters, but um, yeah. I just hope that um, you know Celtic and Ange can get him in the office and say, look, we're building something really special here again. He's been part of something special. By the way, he's won trophies, he's yeah. won things at Celtic. Mm. So he has he has been a major played a major role in that. Yeah. Um so as I said, I go back and repeating myself, I just hope that he can buy into what Andrew's trying to do here. Yeah. Kevin, let's have a quick oh, listen okay. to what, what Andrew is saying today. He was asked at his media conference today um, about the prospect of new players coming in because we've been speaking about signings for a long yeah. time. Quite a few have come in, but we're, we're now getting to that point where we're coming, we can see the end of the window in sight. So here's Andrew's answer about who else is likely to be coming in the door at Celtic. We just need players. And, you know, I've said that consistently from the start. And uh, I've also consistently said we're working hard. It's not an easy market to, to get deals done but you know I, I can at least now confidently give a deadline because the deadline's actually coming up so I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll have players in before the transfer deadline not pretty confident I'm very confident um, it's just a matter of timing and getting getting things done like I said it's it's, it's not as straightforward as it used to be and uh, you know we're very close to, to a few deals I think we just need to sort of keep doing what we're doing stay focused and disciplined and, and make sure we get the right players in and it'll help us enormously because as I said we're, we're putting a, a big workload on a, on a sort of core group of players at the moment very confident, he says, about getting players, plural, in. So goodness knows how many that's going to be. Um, but do, do you like the way he talks? Are you positive, confident about Ange Postacoglu at Celtic and where the club's going, Kevin? No, definitely. Definitely. See the way he's directing the team. That's, it's the right direction. Yeah, there's a few areas we need to strengthen, especially defensive. Yeah. Um, that's this. Easy to see, but otherwise, with the team's going forward, midfield and and forward players, well, Edward maybe, well, it's just a waiting game now. What would you but do with Edward, Kevin? Um, to be honest, I'd sell him. Mm. Get him out of the door. He's yeah. no interest. It. It, it's just lackadaisical. And it's uh, similar. It's similar again, though, isn't it, to Christie? Because if if you sell him, you, you're selling a very good player. And you know what? You, yeah, but you know you know what's you know what's at stake this season, don't you? Yeah. The winners, exactly. the winners of the Scottish Premiership go straight into this 40, 50 million pounds. If you can, mm. it's a big gamble. You know, all of a sudden, do you what do you do? Because you keep him, and and then Ange gets the best, like he played on Sunday. Yeah. That type of Edward John, we want John, to see. John, John, you know? John, you're, John, you're a coach, so mm. you're saying ask me questions. Would you keep Edward in, and then just go right? transfer away or just keep him for the season if he's got to work yes if he's going to work that's the key if he's going to work and he's going to play alongside uh, Kyogo for the Hashi and you can get him on board and Ange can persuade him to to start doing the things that he did a couple of seasons ago where he was just on a yep. different planet 
then mm-hmm. I think it might be worth keeping him. Because what would you get for him now, Kev? Would you get 13 million? Would you get? He's worth an awful lot more. Than well, he was signed for nine, wasn't he? Yeah, so, but what so you... if, Rob? What if you keep him? Yes. Yeah. And then you get into the well, Champions that's... League and he, buy, he starts yeah. scoring well, Champions League. Well, and that's if so, but you know what yeah. I mean? That's what yeah. we're talking. I mean, that, that's the big yeah. dilemma at the moment, isn't it? Mm. You know, what is what price could Celtic get for Odson Edouard mm. versus Bro. what is he going to give you across the season? You know, in harness with Kyogo Furuhashi. I mean, if those two, you know, if, if Edouard can Just be reinvigorated. Yeah, well, well, exactly. That would that, give Celtic yeah. in terms of the front line. Yeah. Do you know what? There's a lot of ifs. If he wants to work hard, yeah. is what the question John mm. had with with yeah. uh, Kevin there. Mm. You're saying, what well, if it works? If, if that, mm. you know, yeah, yeah. It's a sad indictment. You're talking about a football player, and we don't know him. I don't know him personally. And you guys are saying, if, if, if. Mm. Surely that's the basic you do. You only have to look at Furuhashi. What does he do? He's energetic. He runs. Listen, I understand Edwards a different demeanour, a different out. Fine, but he just brings a freshness. Kyogo, he just enlightens everybody with the ball, without the ball. He's hungry, he's got an appetite, he's he's running. And you think to yourself, wow, he inspires his teammates and he inspires the people in the stands. That's why they're rolling with him and going with him. So we'll then turn around and say about Edward, if he works hard, if he wants to do that. I mean, if we're talking ifs, 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 you would think he probably has to go because you need guarantees. You don't want ifs, you want guarantees. Mm. And on his day, he's a top-class player. Has he delivered for Celtic often enough in the last 12, 18 months? Probably not, No. But listen, oh. as a standalone pair, Clevin, he's an incredible player, but can they get the best out of him? Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, I, I, well John asked me the question. Would yeah. I sell him? Aye. If I could, aye, yeah. Would you sell him for 10 million, Kev? Um, surely, surely the I'm price not. would be higher than that. But what I'm saying is, I know Craig, Craig's just no, mentioned... No, it's just, actually because I was reading something earlier on, um, if they get, obviously, a Celtic... Maybe it's like 40% like sell on clause or something like that. So, yeah, but and also, if you sell him, Kevin, you'd have to buy another one. You just know, so, uh, you're left with well, we've wasted five million on a jetty, so we have, yeah. But all I'm saying is, if he was to be kept and you get him on board with Ange and same as Christie, all of a sudden. If it's a big if we can win the league, <laughs> then all of a sudden there's a fifty million pound windfall comes That's in. Gamble, isn't he it? starts scoring yep. goals yep. Then, in the Champions yeah, League then. group stage, and then his know. value goes up again because he's, well, he's, 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 he's only still a young man. Yeah, but he'll be here next year. John, he'll leave in the summer, so he wouldn't be playing Champions League next season. He'll leave in the summer, I'd imagine. With Champions League football on offer, you think he'd leave for what for a top four club in England? No Champions League. Yeah, I I would imagine he'll leave. Yes. Right. That's another if Sorry, Kev. Go on, mate. Oh, Celtic's a magnificent one of the biggest. It's a global club. Celtic's one of the global clubs out there, mate. But that support yeah. as well is, you know, it was incredible playing when representing Celtic. It was unbelievable. Um, you know, if anything, that's probably the closest club I ever taken with me from my career was Celtic. You know, because what what you get off the crowd and. The competition is Champions League. You know, it's it's a wonderful club, mate. Nobody, nobody's even suggesting it's not. No. But nowadays, Kev, what you got to appreciate is these young kids, you know, and, and Edward is a young kid and, and, and Christie's the same. They get offers. They get these astronomical offers. No, I'm saying they're kids. What, what are they, 23? Yeah. 22. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I was a kid, I'd racked up, you know, whatever it was. Do you know what I mean? But... Mm. They get these astronomical offers now, and I mean life-changing offers. 
because you know that's what these clubs can can throw at them, yeah. and that that's probably the difference. Kevin, I'm going to ask you what you're thinking tomorrow night. What what's your prediction for uh, Celtic against Alkmaar? Right now, mm-hmm. two nil. I wouldn't change it, Kev. I'd go with the same team that uh, that played Hearts at the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Kev. Good to have you on the show. Thank, Cheers, Kev. Thank, all the best, pal. Thank Thanks for bye calling. Bye. 0808 17 17 700 if you want to join the football uh, conversation. Uh, Kevin there, the Celtic fan. And of course, Rangers uh, at home to Alishkert Thursday. Yes, they won last Friday in the League Cup handsomely against Dunfermline. What are we going to get from them uh, this week, having failed to make it, uh, Crags, to the Champions League any further? Well, just having looked at Alish Kurt's results in Europe so far this season, they beat Connors Key Nomads, Rob, 3-2 on aggregate. Connors Key are, I would imagine, part-time, if not kind, yeah. of, kind of hybrid system, maybe training three Yeah, Kilmarnock played them a few seasons Kilmarnock ago. Played, you know, so yeah. if, if Alish Kurt can only beat Connors Key 3-2 over two legs, you'd like to think Rangers could you know, do some damage. I would imagine Steven Gerrard will want to get the, the job done in the first leg or go as deep into it as possible. They could get themselves a three, four, five like he did against Dunfermline at the weekend. Next Thursday, he can shuffle the pack a little bit because they've got an old firm game coming up after their long trip to Armenia. So certainly an intriguing game ahead. You know the number if you want to join us for some football chat 0808-17-17-700. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Radio Football Show as another uh, week of European football starts to unfold before us. Celtic at home to Alkmaar uh, from the Netherlands uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we, heard all, we heard from uh, former Rangers left back Arthur Newman on the show last night giving us the lowdown on the Dutch opportunity position for Celtic who basically look to keep the momentum going having uh, seemingly turned a corner but uh, a lot more transfer activity to come as we've just been hearing from Ange Postacoglu a can of bag against Aberdeen in Azerbaijan that's five o'clock Thursday St Johnstone are in Austria uh, six o'clock on Thursday and Thursday night as well for Ibrox and Rangers against Alash Kert and uh, what are we going to get from Steven Gerrard and his team I wonder it's been uh, a start to the season Crags that a uh, few of us would have predicted Absolutely you know all the praise rightly so over the summer was all about Rangers the recruitment uh, the continuity they had in the squad they were going to kick on this season everything was going to be rosy and suddenly they've had a setback you know losing three games and I just you know you're trying to work out why or how and you look at the changes that Steven Gerrard has made to his starting lineup, Rob, continually. That's the yeah. one thing that Ange Postacoglu hasn't done. He's tried to keep the majority of the same players. He's t- he's trying to build something and trying to, you know, knit something together. From you know, in the four game Rangers have played from the first game of the season against Livingston to the next game against Malmo, seven changes, four changes, three changes, and then for Dunfermline on Friday night, eight changes. Mm. You know, you're getting players who are maybe playing one game, not playing for two games, playing, and they're trying to balance it all. And I always wondered, was that going to be Steven Gerrard's biggest problem this season? The squad is that big and competitive. You end up trying to please all the players by chopping and changing, putting them in, and then you end up, your performance level drops because you're trying to keep everybody happy. Go back to the single-minded, this is my team, this is what I'm going to do. If you don't play well, he's in in place of you, one or two, as opposed to making seven or eight. And Philip Hollander is a prime example. He played against Dundee United. He hasn't played since. Uh, and he could play on Thursday night against Alish Kurt. And he hasn't played for 11 days. Now, I know that doesn't seem an awful lot, but when you're a player trying to get to your fitness so early in the season, all that chopping and cheesing, I, th- I think it's just 
making them a little bit disjointed. Uh, Friday night was good from a Rangers perspective. You know, there was lots of good attack and play. They scored five goals. Calvin Bassey got minutes. Nathan Patterson got minutes. But it'll be interesting to see what he does on Thursday night with James Tavernier and Borna Barashes. I think that's his biggest problem. Does he bring the two experienced ones back in or does he keep the two youthful ones in? So lots of changes uh, in that Rangers team then game to game as Craggs has been detailing there. Also uh, a lot of transfer talk isn't there? And that happens when, you, when you've had the sort of season Rangers had uh, a really successful season lots of players hitting really good levels John um, you, get, you get transfer activity but there seems to be a lot swirling around there's been Alfredo Morelos constantly um, we, we never veer far away from a question mark over whether he's going to stay or go. It seems as if he's now going to stay. But there's a question about Glenn Kamara. There's a question about Conor Goldson getting a getting a new deal. Uh, there's talk at the moment about Yanis Hadji and some interests surrounding him. Do you think that that's all unsettling Rangers at the moment? Possibly. Um, I'm just not quite sure if Steven Gerrard knows his best team yet. Um, still very early in the season. Remember last season he made changes. Mm. Lots of changes. Patterson came in for Tavernier when Tavernier got injured. He was in for the best part of a couple of months. Jermaine Defoe came in and did a great job. Um, he went from a rebore to, um, to Stephen Davis. He mixed up the midfield yeah. and it worked. Mm -hmm. you know, Rangers Every did, change he made worked. It worked, yeah. And this season, you know, they've lost three in a row. They've gone out of the Champions League, uh, Champions League to, to Malmo, the qualifier. Um, and... As a manager, these are the decisions that you have to yeah. make. Otherwise, you come under pressure, especially up here in Scotland, because one half is waiting to jump on you. When when you when you're winning, Martin O'Neill always used to say to us, "Winning takes care of everything." Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't really matter how you do it. You just got to win because then you keep the fans, you keep the press, you keep everybody off your back. But when Rangers have gone out to the, in the Champions League, they've lost at Dundee United. Whereas last season they didn't lose a game in the league, mm. defended really strongly. The defending's been iffy this season already, um, particularly against Malmo at home and away. Actually, for that little five or ten minute spell they had just before was it before or was it just half time it's just in after, between? It was just yeah. after half time. Yeah. So as I said, you, I think Craig's is right. I think you need to stick to your 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 favourite team, your best formation. Stick with it. And if it gets a little bit disjointed, if anybody doesn't play particularly well or somebody just looks uh, out of sync in that team, then just change that player. Mm. You know, keep that same formation. That's what we used to do. At Our team never changed. We went 3-5-2, you know, three at the back, which allowed us to play two up. Midfield never changed. It was Lambert, Petrov, Lennon. That was mm. it. The only time it changed is when Chris used to drop back in, when me and Hendrik used to play up top. Mm -hmm. We knew the full-backs, it was Thompson and Agat, and generally we knew the three centre-halves, we knew a goalkeeper. Team didn't change for three or four years, yeah. unless there was a problem injury-wise, or if the manager wanted to take a certain player out for a certain type of game. Um, I know now it's a squad game, and there's probably more games to play. And the sports science say, well, he's in the red zone. He has to come out on a particular game. Um, but I just think by playing players all the time, players want to play, Rob. Mm. Players don't get so tired. It's August. It's August. Your players don't it's not get, December because, where we've played 40 games. Mm. It's players, August to play yeah. three. Players don't, players don't get tired. Mm. They're still searching for their fitness. Yeah. But it's incredible, isn't it? Two or three weeks ago, we were looking at Rangers on the back of the season they had mm. and saying, mm. right, they're targeting Champions League. Mm. Who's going to stop them with the squad they had 
and they've supplemented it. You know, who who is going to stop them this season? And a few weeks later, suddenly, we are examining Steven yeah. Gerrard's management. But that's Scottish football. That's the goldfish bowl of Glasgow. Yeah. Celtic win four games and suddenly you're thinking, wow, they're going up the way. Rangers have lost three. Wow, the whole dynamics change. But that's the overreaction in Glasgow. People are getting carried away. This is where Steven Gerrard and his coaching staff have to remain calm. They've got to speak with the players. They've got to deal with the players. They've got to get them back to you know, their best form. And he can only take them so far. The players have to find their way back to top form. You can do so much. You can change formation. You can change personnel. You can change training. Ultimately, they have to go onto the pitch and make it happen. And if they haven't got a, a wake-up call in the last three weeks, they will never get a wake-up call. Because it did seem easy. It did seem as if it was only a matter of time before they would suddenly start winning games and, and progress here, there and everywhere. So he'll learn an awful lot more about his players in the next two or three games than what he did probably last season at times because they're under a little bit of pressure, there's more focus on them, people are doubting them again, Rob. So the only way to prove the doubt is wrong is go out and put in winning performances. And, and John's right, you know, the word winning, last year Stephen Gerrard could have made 11 changes every week and nobody would have said a word because they were winning. Mm. This season he's making changes and now we're starting to try and dissect it and work it out. You're just trying to work out why it's went wrong and that's why I looked at the number of changes thinking, is it to do with that? It might be nothing to do with it, but because it's standing out obvious then, yeah. it's giving people something to talk about. You look, you look at the, you talk about the, possibility of a player moving out of Rangers now because of their lack of Champions League football. Spartak Moscow today, they've denied all knowledge of any bid for Glenn Kamara. Rangers will have somebody in the press. You know, the press, you'd have friends, you'd have an agent that links the player to a certain club. Mm. That happened every other week when you're playing at the top level. Mm. If a player, you know, you, you can just use the press in yeah. terms of... But Spartak Moscow is the Glenn Kamara. We don't know if he'll if he'll sign a new deal or whether he'll stay. But that'll have to Hadji next week. You know, Arsenal <laughs> be linked with him. And, Mom, you, and you just have to Morelos handle Morelos it. has been linked to every club in the country, yeah. by the way. It was 20 million last year to Lille, wasn't it? Or yeah. Nice or whatever it was. That'll happen. Mm. And everybody gets carried away. Then that's what makes these radio shows yeah, yeah, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to deal and you have to deal with all that stuff. You and do. actually you have to almost want that sort of attention because it shows you that things are going well when, when clubs want to buy your players. Uh, that's that's just the way it is. But the fact that Rangers have, have lost three games on the bounce at this stage in the middle of August, um, it makes uh, Thursday's game massive, doesn't it? Well, European football for Rangers, not just from the footballing perspective, but from the financial perspective. And Celtic will be the same. Huge. It's a necessity. Not Conference League, Europa League, Rob. You know, Stephen Gerrard said it the other day, didn't he, uh, ahead of Dunfermline. He said Rangers have proven over the past two seasons they're our last 16 Europa League side. Well, that's got to be minimum target this year again. So I think they'll get past Alaskert. You know, I, I don't imagine there's anything in there that should frighten Rangers. The only thing that will cause Rangers problems is themselves. Mm. How they defend lack of creativity and lack of cutting edge. That's probably what's done them in a little bit in the game so far this season. So if they can get that together, yes, it was only Dunfermline on Friday night, but it breeds a little bit of confidence and a little bit of belief. So if they can, you know, kind of find that form again for Thursday night, they will go through in that tie. You know, group stage football in, in the Europa League is a necessity and then try and build slowly. Now it's about building small steps for Rangers, trying to win games, not looking too far ahead and thinking we could do this, this and this. Maybe that was the, the downfall from everybody else outside the club, mm. thinking Rangers will get to the Champions League, you know, the league will be won by the end of September, they'll have won every game. Suddenly you get a reality check and you think, whoa, right, now let's draw everything back in, let's work day by day, week by week, game by game, and I'd imagine that's what they'll do. There's a big game coming up a week Sunday, and there. So that yeah. might tell us Mother a little bit. Yeah. John, huge that game. might tell us huge. a little bit in yeah. terms of early signings, early form. Yeah. 
you know, at Ibrox, you know, first first Celtic Rangers game of the season. You know, that that'll give us a little bit of um of a perspective in terms of where both teams are. But if there's any suggestion of a slide and Rangers have already dropped out of Champions League contention, they want to be stopping that instantly. Course, absolutely. And that means that means Thursday. Yeah, and dealing with it properly. Not dealing with it in a one nil win where they've played okay and the fans are a little bit disgruntled. They want a dominant home performance. A little bit of zip in their play. Gary McAllister used the word snap last Friday night. He was talking about the final third. A little bit of snap in their passing, snapping in their crossing, their finishing. Everything just to sharpen up that little bit more. If they deliver that kind of performance on Thursday night, then I think the fans relax a little bit. Uh, the conspiracy theorists out there relax a little bit and suddenly there's a bit more balance to it. But go and deal with the game. I think Celtic will be the same. Go and deal with the game in a professional manner, but do it dominantly and show you really have got over your little blip. Otherwise, it just keeps the story tugging along and people want to keep asking the same questions and, and looking for the reasons. Sometimes you just follow the form. And maybe for Rangers' perspective, they fell out of form at the right time yeah. early in the season, so they've lots of time to recover. I was just about to say that. Maybe we'll look back on this uh, as a very timely reality check yeah, for Rangers at a time when the season's barely started. A bit of complacency maybe as well, thinking that Malmo weren't as good as what they were. Malmo, they played very well. Mm -hmm. They were really brave. They beat Rangers convincingly when they were down to 10 men. By the way, Malmo, they were really brave. John Dahl Thomason stuck two centre-forwards up, continued to play with two strikers. Yeah, and they beat them twice. Yeah, and, and maybe, you know, that they should have done more. I'm not sure they didn't do their homework. They would have done, but maybe they just set their foot off the pedal thinking, we, we'll get through this one, you know, no bother. But complacency can sink in. It happened to Celtic all last season. Rangers will have to bounce back that's for sure that will be the demand uh, made from within the dressing room it's Alish Kert at Ibrox on Thursday at 8 St Johnston in Austria to play Lask at 6 and even before that uh, Aberdeen will kick off in Azerbaijan against Karabag that's at 5 uh, the game that is coming up very fast on the horizon is tomorrow night it is Celtic against Alkmaar 7.45 Kickoff as Ange Postacoglu looks to keep up momentum. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. It's good to have you with us on Glasgow's own Go Radio, the football show, five till seven, Monday to Friday. We're on at weekends as well. Stay tuned for details of upcoming shows. Celtic and Alkmaar tomorrow night in the European qualifiers. Can Ange Postacoglu Keep this recovery run going. 7.45 start in the East End. Uh, Thursday for Carabag and Aberdeen. Lask and St. Johnston. Rangers against Alice Kurt. Yes, it's Rob and it's Craggs and it's John Hartson. And it's Mick, uh, who's a Celtic fan. Hi, Mick. Hi, guys. How's it going? Hi, Mick. Good, good Hi, Mick. thanks. How are you? Aye, buzzing. A hell of a lot better than a few weeks ago. <laughs> I'll bet you are. I'll bet you are. Are you feeling pretty positive now? It's been it's been amazing. It's it's incredible, Mick, isn't that how the perception changes so quickly? Uh, absolutely, mate. I mean, the turnaround in a few weeks is is unreal. I mean, considering what what Ange inherited from the the mess that Lennon and Lowe's left, but you know everybody's united behind him. That the, it's early days, but I mean, some of the fit that he's got as playing is absolutely superb. I mean. The first half against Hearts was just a joy to watch, so I'm, I'm buzzing for the morning. I'm going up to Parkhead, so... Oh, are you? Really looking forward to it. Aye, I'll be there. I'll be there. 
and hopeful that uh, that the momentum continues because Alkmaar, I mean, Arthur Newman was telling us on the show last night that uh, that the Dutch team have lost uh, a few players, um, but they're going to be decent opposition, aren't they? You're, you're going to have to step up. Aye, it's, got, it's obviously going to be a step up compared to what we've been playing, but I mean, if we play that way, I don't think it, right now it doesn't really matter. Um, I think if we play the way we played against Hearts, we should score enough to, to take a good lead over to, to Holland, so I'm really, really confident about it. John, there's a real exhilarating feel about Celtic on the attack at the moment, isn't there? Well, there is, and, and, and so they should be. What was the stat? Was it 17 goals? And 16 and 4, 16 yeah, in the and last four. four. Yeah. Um, and it's just the way that we play, and there's a real... There's a real zip about the team. There's pace in the team. There's players running in behind. That high press, we're not letting the opposition defence out. So we're keeping the pressure on. We're winning corners, you know, and things like this. Um, and for me, you know, if we defend properly, then we'll always be a threat um, because we'll be detest- we will be tested defensively because I think Alkmaar will be a step up slightly um, than Michelin were and a lot better than what Yablonets were. So um, they've got some good players, but I don't think Celtic should really fear anyone in the form that they're in. And you'll be saying, look, go at them. You know, let's play with pace, let's play with confidence. And and everybody, including myself, who's who's at the game tomorrow uh, working, I'm really excited now about going mm. to Celtic Park. There was a period last season where we were like 10, 15 points, I don't know how on about last season, but we were 15, 18 points behind. And, you know, the just the, the players weren't quite, they didn't quite look at it. You know, everybody else was come in and really fancied getting a result. I think yeah. Livingston drew there twice and, you know, Ross County won there in the cup. And, you know, yeah. so, but I, this I, season, I, it's just a different feel-good yeah. factor. The crowd last week at Full House, the crowd had made a huge difference. Obviously, with no crowds being there last season, but um, no, I'm I, you know I'm with you, Mick. I'm I'm, I'm absolutely uh, looking forward to tomorrow night and just the way that we're playing at the minute. That that's what you're thinking now. But but Mick, what were you thinking on the opening weekend uh, when you lost at Tynecastle? Were you thinking here we go again? Um, so, to be honest, mate, I wasn't really. I think most people were kind of still with uh, with with Ange because it's not really his fault what he's picked up. No. Um, I mean. The board have kind of let him down. They've let a lot. They've let everybody down. So I mean, they really need to back him and give him everything he needs. Because I mean, if he can build, look at the way the team's playing just now, and he still wants another three or four signings. So if he if he gets the players that he wants in, I mean, the season could be incredible. Um, just to get John's opinion on this as well, because mm. I mean, everybody I think myself included thought this season is going to be too early to challenge them. I think it's for the league title. I thought no, it's going to be too early. But from what I've seen, um, I don't think that at all anymore. I think especially if we get the the extra additions in and now that we've got a keeper that can make saves as well it makes a massive difference so yeah. I fully expect a, a, a proper title challenge well, from Mick I, I, I said this the other week I might have gone a little bit far when when you think of the um, you know the time Celtic stop Rangers winning 10 in a row I actually I actually said I got a bit high off my horse you did yeah. you did John uh, you yeah. know, there you go and I got ridiculed a little bit for it I got ridiculed in the press I was on every national newspaper the next day Hartson makes this huge statement um, people were calling it ridiculous people were having a what pop. was it you said again I actually said that if Celtic were to, to, to claw back the title this season it would go down as, as one of the best ever um, you know league wins and, and I stand by that for the simple reason. Now, I know there's been others. Of course, there's been other title wins, fantastic, you know, comebacks and everything else. 
But in terms of what Ange was left with, mm. you look at it, you know, he lost his captain. Um, he came in late. He came in about four or five weeks before the start of the season. He didn't have a director of football in place. He didn't have a head of recruitment in place. The chief executive had left. He has to work with a new guy. He's brought in a wonderful centre-forward who nobody ever heard of in Kyogo Furuhashi. Starfelt will, I feel, in time become a better player, the Swedish international. Abada, the Israeli international, a fantastic player. And he's got the best out of McGregor. McGregor... McGregor, for me, had a brilliant Euros, but he needed these good players to come in and play alongside him just for fresh impetus and that and that good player, you know, good players around him. Turnbull is getting forward, scoring goals, playing where he really wants to play, just off the front where he can let shots go and be effective in the in the final third of the pitch. So in terms of what Ange just had to do and how quickly how quickly he's got the fans together again and believing, you know, I, I wouldn't rule it out, Mick. I wouldn't rule... And I've said at the start of the season, you know, we are in transition and we might have to wait a year or two just to get the team going and give Ange a little bit of time to build. And But with Rangers going out of the Champions League, with them, you know, sort of sticking a little bit in terms of losing to Dundee United not starting, you know, convincingly to, to this particular league, I don't think you can rule it out, Mick. I really don't. I, I think with another three or four additions, you know, there's a big chance that we could we could claw so the you, title back. Will Will Celtic can Celtic win the title? Yes. Of course w they can. Will they will will they win the title? Well that's the big question. If so, but I think if we get two or three more in, Kyogo stays fit. We sign Ed, we keep Edward on, we keep Christie on. We, well, Defensively, we, we, we add. So we've got a top goalkeeper. Um, if things work out and Rangers have another blip and we can go to Ibrox yeah. and show we can be competitive yeah. and we can beat them, then why not? But a lot of things have to happen, both for Celtic and for Rangers. Let's not forget, Mick, Rangers won the league last year at a canter. By 25 points. So they. I know, it's horrible. It they, horrible. They, they, they can't be getting away with sort of. Don't remind Mick about it. He's wiped <laughs> it from <laughs> the memory bank. Oh, He's oh, almost over it. Then, Mick. I've given, can Celtic win the league? What do you think, I Mick? Absolutely, mate. I, th I, think, I think, well, first, I think John's spot on in terms of when we win the league, it will be one of the best leagues ever because look at the rebuild. I mean, it's probably the biggest rebuild in our history, let's be honest. I mean, you consider the amount of. Yeah. That was my point, yeah. And the yeah. And whatever else. So on I and off the pitch, yeah. I, I, I mean, we're in turmoil. And to be I mean, off the pitch, we've, a lot of it still is wrong at board yeah. level. There's still a lot of mistakes there, a lot of people that just shouldn't be there. But we can't really do much about that. But in terms of on the park um, and the manager and the fans are united and, and we can play in front of full capacities and we're not going to bottle that, I don't think. So whether they do, I don't know. It's not really... It's hard to say, but... Um, I think, as, as John mentioned, as you guys have mentioned, Kyogo looks to be an absolute steal. Abada looks like a cracking addiction, addition, sorry. Yeah. But he's getting the better, the best of these players like the, the Rogic and Christie and McGregor that are already there. Similar to what Brendan Rodgers did when he came, he got the best of the players that were already there um, and made them better players. Um, so I, I, I really think we will. I've, I've, I'm so optimistic. You know, as I said, a few, a few weeks ago, I don't know, but now it's just it's, it's looking really good. The but, biggest difference is, um, Mike. Mick, from the outside looking in, is the enjoyment the players are having playing. You think back to the second half of last season, John spoke about the points. The Celtic players didn't look as if they were enjoying, okay, there was no crowds, but they didn't even look as if they were enjoying playing. They certainly won the league, Craig. You know, 
can they? Yeah, absolutely. Of course mm. they can. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what, two games into the season? Yeah. I think for anybody to write any team off. Yeah. yeah. But do you agree with me? Things have got to happen. Still have got to improve slightly. Listen, there's loads of things. They've got to drop their level slightly. Yeah. But we've heard already from mm. Ange Postacoglu, we've heard from his media conference today on the show, we heard what he said about transfers. He is very confident that our more players that coming in in the, thing, ne- in the next it's, that, going to, it's going to be yeah. in the next few days or a week or so so that is yeah. all happening at a time when Celtic have improved spectacularly yeah well they have and and with Rangers having the dip in form that's what we're talking about the balance changes very very quickly we could be sitting here in two weeks time again John and I are back on saying mm. it's gone again Rangers now look dominant Celtic have had a dip so I think that's what's going to be throughout the season and I said it last weekend or last Tuesday or last Wednesday we were on I think both teams will drop more points in the league, possibly away from home. Mm. You know, just because tighter grounds, fans back in again probably helps the smaller clubs. But when you looked at what Celtic, you know, had on Saturday, uh, sorry Sunday, and they had against Dundee, there's going to be a few teams leaving Celtic Park this year with fours and fives in their pocket, and that's the way it was previously. I just Last think as well, wasn't guys, there. I think Ange Postecoglou um, come in really from the cold. It, it was all about Eddie Howe. Ange Postacoglu was a sort of a, not last resort, but he's probably on Celtic's radar, if everything else, if they didn't get a certain manager over the line and they've appointed him. It felt like failure, but, didn't but, it, at the time, because Celtic seemed to be intent on pursuing Eddie Howe. He single-handedly put Celtic back in a really good, healthy position, not only in terms of the football being played, but as a club, Celtic are a family club, all right? You know, they're a global, huge support all over the world. And he's got every single Celtic fan in the palm of his hand. He really has. That takes, you know, he's a breath of fresh air. He's very balanced. I don't think he's praised. He's not even praised the team. Yeah, he doesn't go overboard mm. with praise. You know, when Celtic lost 6-1 to West Ham, he was honest, he didn't defend properly, but the level we were up against today. And I just think there's a bit of honesty there, and people love that. People yeah. love their well, manager, to it, be honest. Yeah, well, let's listen to him. I mean, he's great to listen to, and, mm. and, and you'd be a liar if you said no, I think, when you when you just hear the, the enthusiasm, the positivity about him. And, and here he is uh, talking about the intensity of Celtic's play. Um, Mick, let's have a listen to this. If we're going to bring 60,000 yep. into the ground, they want to see us you know, going for it from the first minute. You know, There's no point taking 10 minutes to get into it or after 10 minutes trying to take the foot off the pedal. That's that's just I just don't think that's what football's about. We have 90 minutes, 95 minutes to, to do as many things as we possibly can. We don't want to waste the moment of it. You know, I think with that kind of energy and that kind of uh, intensity and commitment to something, um, it makes you a formidable opponent. I mean, that's a great message, Mick, isn't it? You know, don't waste any of the 90 minutes. We're not hanging about uh, here. We're not warming up. We're from kickoff. We're just headlong straight into it. That, that, that's the message. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I won't lie. It does sound like something at home and away when he speaks. But I mean, <laughs> he's, 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 you know, he's, he's positive. And the main thing is he, he likes playing the Celtic way. He likes like, kind of free-flowing, fast football. And that's, and that's something that we just didn't have last season. I mean, last season we don't really need to go into because it was just it was absolutely horrific to watch. But I think he's got another. I think another difference with this season is where the loan deals, the amount of loan deals that we're going to have are, are to be cut right down as well. And I think that's probably the best thing to do because a lot of players that were playing last season knew they weren't going to be there, um, so it maybe not meant as much to them. But instead of getting other, developing other players, other teams' players, we're getting our own and developing long term, and then we can sell them on for a bigger fee, which is pretty much the way to do it. So. 
it's, he's, he's doing. He's going about things the right way, um, and I think that's why he's got everybody behind him because they know how good a football he's playing, and we've got people that are going to be here for the long term. Mick, can I just ask you while you're on? I think Edward has been a big talking point now for three or four weeks. Should Celtic sell him? Should they keep him? We know what's at stake at the end of the season. How much we will get for him? Has his head turned? Where's his form gone? Blah blah blah. We've heard everything. What's your opinion on Odson Edward? Should we keep him or should we sell him? Well, when, uh, I would say, on being honest, I would say sell him because I would say sell him now and get somebody else in that wants to be there and is going to be there for the next two or three years. Um, we don't need anybody there that's going to be a headache. Lee Griffiths, for example, get him out. Edward doesn't want to be there. His head was down the last 18 months. It doesn't really turn up. What about much. his performance so, Sunday? Now, I know, I know it's only one game, but the crowd were yeah. behind him on Sunday, whereas... He getting a bit of stick lately, but on Sunday he was very, very good. And with Furuhashi, yeah. you know, it's with two of them in the same team, it's it's like surely we're stronger, no? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd be absolutely see when he's playing, mm. support him. But I mean, see if he comes out and signed a new deal. I mean, I'd be everybody would be fully behind him. But when if you can't rely on him to turn up, I mean, we don't we can't have passengers in this season. We had too many last season, so. If I had to choose, I mean, if, if he's not going to be, if he says not going to be in it, I would have to say just sell him and then get somebody else in. I mean, we've been linked to that Thomas Henry. We've been linked to, I've seen a boy from the Dutch league today, one of the, the top scorers. So yeah. if we could, if we could get a decent return for him and get somebody else in, I think that's probably a better option um, mm. and just build the team around people who want, actually want to play for Celtic. John, I've got a question for you in the striking department. The way Celtic are playing at the moment, this new uh, Ange style of uh, all-out attack, Pace, energy. You're going to say, could I have played in this? No, no, uh, no. I know you couldn't have played in that. <laughs> D- does Lee Griffiths fit into it for you? Well, listen, we we know where Lee's Lee's qualities are putting the ball in the net. Um, but the last eighteen months, uh, everything you know, putting everything on the table. Um, I'm not too sure whether, but he, it's interesting. He was sub at the weekend, mm. wasn't it? Um, we know what Lee does, and uh, he's a goal scorer and a tremendous one at that. He's already got over hundred clubs, to, hundred goals for the club. But is um, this his style? This this style of play does that suit him or not? Not ideally. Not ideally because he's not someone who will chase after the ball. He's not someone who will clock up twelve, thirteen kilometers in the game. He's a box player, you know. And there's nobody better. There's nobody better in terms of no. in Scotland. Put the ball in the box and he's got 116 goals, I think, for the club. Mm. Now, you can't, you know, you, you can't, you know, just turn your nose up at them goals. Um, but I just think in the last sort of 18 months, the crowd gave him a little bit of stick a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I don't know how much that would have affected him mentally. Yeah, but it would have to, wouldn't it? Yeah, because when you're getting idolised and when you're getting chanted and you're the hero and all of a sudden you get a little element of yeah. the support. Um, what do you think, Craig? So, well, do you know what? I think Kyogo Furuhashi has changed the dynamic of how a Celtic centre-forward has to play. You know, you see with the ball, he's energetic. He makes lovely little runs and behind diagonal runs, but out of possession... He's still alive. He's chasing, he's high and he's winning the ball back. He's not allowing centre-halves to take three touches and play to the full-back and get it back. He's winning the ball back and he's stopping the opposition playing. I don't think Lee Griffiths in his current fitness state can do that at the minute. Yes, he's a, you know, he'll score goals, but is that enough? Is he good enough? Would that contribute enough 
to put him into the team just the fact that he scores goals I think what Ange wants is an all-round complete centre-forward who can do everything and I think Furuhashi has changed the whole dynamic of that yeah. Mick you're going tomorrow night so here's your team news from Ange uh, ahead of it because obviously questions about Abada questions about Christie as well here's what he said today uh, yeah injury-wise um, everyone uh, pulled up well from the weekend uh Liel uh, Abada is also available. Ryan, probably not for tomorrow. Um, looking at Ryan, maybe for the weekend. So, Ryan Christie, maybe uh, at the weekend, not not involved uh, tomorrow night, uh, but Abada, it sounds like Abada will feature um, tomorrow night. What are you thinking um, about uh, a result scoreline for tomorrow night? Um, I think 3-1. Um, I, I was going to say 2-0, but I think just uh, no, we're still no completely convincing at the back Starfield still kind of adjusting so I think we'll take a 3-1 lead to, to Holland and we'll, we'll hold out and then by the time we're, we're in the group stages we'll have another couple of defenders in hopefully and I think it's fair to say you're looking forward to it oh I'm buzzing mate I'm absolutely <laughs> I'm going out yeah. good. can't wait enjoy it good to have you on the show cheers Mick cheers guys cheers, take man. care that's Mick looking ahead to Celtic against Alkmaar tomorrow night the Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from 5 you're with Rob McLean and John Hartson and Stephen Cragen on Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show another week of European football uh, coming up after uh, League Cup last 16 uh, weekend the big shock of the weekend there were one or two other ones brewing at one point or another uh, but Aberdeen um, we're talking about bouncing back well Aberdeen will want to be bouncing back in Baku uh, which just about works in terms of alliteration um, on Thursday evening after losing at Starks Park on uh, was it Sunday Craigs? yes it was Sunday uh, we've uh, we've been working together a fair few times over the last few days um, what about Aberdeen um, they were cruising first half weren't they in Kirkcaldy and then it all went horribly yeah. wrong it was one of those ones where Stephen Glass spoke before the game, didn't he? He spoke to yourself, actually, when you asked him about changes to the team. And he said, no, I've got a strong side. That's my team. You know, we've got a strong side no matter what team we play. And as long as you win that game, nobody goes and questions you making the changes before the game. But I think when you lose it, everyone has the right to ask the question of why did you make those changes when you knew your first choice seven or eight players were sitting on the bench? You know, that was a real chance to go and get through to the next stage with some silverware at the end of it, which is what Dave Cormack would have wanted. The Aberdeen fans have been desperate for it over the years. Derek McInnes, unfortunately, could only bring one trophy to them, but certainly got themselves into the finals. So that has to lie at his door, Rob. He makes all those changes, knowing he's got the... I mean, we said it, it's the middle of August. The guys have only played six, seven games. It's yeah. not as if they've played 50 games and you're trying to rotate and you're trying to keep people fresh. If you'd have asked every single one of those Ryan Hedges and Scott Brown and Andy Constantine... Um, uh, Calvin Ramsey Jack McKenzie at the weekend do you want to play yes how do you feel I'm fresh and fit and ready to go that would have been the message get me on the pitch so they were probably more deflated at not playing and then when you bring the subs on and it's 1-1 Wraith had the momentum at that stage they were the side pushing and pro when they were something to defend something to hang on to it was their fans making the noise it was their fans bringing the ball towards their own goal so it's hard to reverse that and yeah. then once Wraith Rovers went 2-1 up Aberdeen couldn't reverse it uh, and I think it was a shocker of a result I don't think you can get away from that but fair play to Stephen Glass he stood up after and said yeah it was wrong we shouldn't have lost it was a shocking result we now have to go and bounce back and this Thursday going to Carabag is huge because I said St Johnson want to come back to Perth still in the tie Aberdeen can't afford to go there and lose 2 or 3-0 if they do there's no way they're going to turn that over in the second leg so it's vital they come at least worst case scenario within a goal of Carabag. It's a bad result that's not you know 
pick the bones out of it. It's it's a really poor result for Aberdeen, but it's their first real blip. You know, first real yeah. blip yeah. Um, so first far. Test. First test, yeah. This and it just goes to show other managers, you know, don't make too many changes because you're bringing players in from the cold, you're taking your regular starters out and they all want to play. They're all fit. When was their next game? Tomorrow, t- tomorrow uh, Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday. So they had five days to recover. Yeah, but they were, they were, they were, to be fair, they were flying out today yeah. because it's Azerbaijan. They were flying out on a seven-hour journey. Maybe, you know, he, he presumably had the travel time uh, and all We've of that the cup, Rob. in his mind. Uh, that's, they've yeah. gone out of the yeah, cup. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. Nobody... That's what was said about Steven Gerrard. You have to focus on this game. Yeah. There's no point in looking yeah. and thinking, we'll do that and we'll go there and he'll play there and we'll adjust that. Yeah. Deal with this game. Go and pick your team. You think it'll win the game. He obviously picked that team. Listen, he didn't pick the team thinking he was going to lose. No. He picked the team thinking it was good enough. But in hindsight, he's looking now and thinking, clearly it wasn't good enough. Whether he was thinking ahead as a manager, a more experienced manager like Hans Postacoglu is saying, he's playing his team all the time. No matter who they're playing, he's playing the exact same team. Or near enough round about it, making one or two changes because he wants to knit something together. And Aberdeen are still a team coming together. You know, if they were three years, four years into the project, you can understand that, Rob. Yeah. But now, you know, I just can't help but think he should have picked the strongest team. At least put three or four of them in and then brought the boys on in half an hour to go if you were in 3-0. That's a different matter. But having to bring boys on to change it and try and chase the game when the momentum had completely gone away from them was uh, was probably the sign of an inexperienced manager. It, it happens all right. And what I'll say, last thing on this, is that Wraith Rovers, no disrespect to Wraith Rovers, but Stephen Glass is probably thinking, if I am going to play my fringe players, I've got to play them at some stage. So I'll play them against Ray Rovers and hopefully they'll give me a performance and we'll get through. Mm. Otherwise, he's probably thinking, well, the league is too big because Aberdeen want to push on and get as high up the table as they can. He's, he's probably thinking about playing his strongest team um, against Carabag. So at some stage, he's got to play these fringe players mm-hmm. and he took a chance and it didn't work out for him. But as we've said, sometimes... Your managers can come across as geniuses because they can pick a certain, they can bring in players from the cold and they win. Mm. You've got to but win. Got big when games you, now, Rob. You when you take a risk, you've got to go and win. Away to Carabag, away to Hearts at Sandcastle, home to Carabag. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the season to find. Of course, it's not so early in the season, mm. but it could just move all that positivity they've had at the start of the season if, three, if they don't get the right results in these next three games. If you'd beat Wraith Rovers, it may not have been as bad yeah. or felt as bad. But it could be. So it's certainly a tough time coming up. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you beat Wraith Rovers and you're in the quarterfinals and you making the draw, give Aberdeen a home game, suddenly the, the fans are buzzing yeah. thinking, you know, if they get the right sort of draw, they're thinking, right, we could be in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. We could we could be competing yeah. for a cup very early on in this campaign. The reverse means that the, the European games become massive for yeah. them now, don't Huge. they? You know, they're one hurdle away uh, from the group stages of the Conference League. Well, this is the first time I think about many years Aberdeen have been in the playoff round. I don't even think when they qualified, when did they qualify? Two, six, seven, seven, eight, something like that. When Jimmy Calderwood took them into, yeah. I don't think it was called the playoff round then. It was just like qualifying round three. Yeah. Effectively, it was a playoff round, but it wasn't classed as that. Mm-hmm. So it's the first time Aberdeen have been in the playoff round. So now suddenly people are thinking, "Wow, we have an opportunity getting into the Europa League." But uh, I, I just think because of the result against Wraith Rovers, he's opened himself up for a little bit of criticism. A little bit of scepticism from his own supporters saying, well, you know, he didn't take that serious. And, and suddenly they're just, you know, from the, that feel-good factor, they're starting to have little doubts. And then Thursday possibly doesn't go well. Then Sunday, and then it all just starts mm. to snowball. Yeah. Listen, we know how football works. You know, the word that everybody talks about is momentum. Mm. And when you have that momentum going, why would you want to break it? 
Why would you not just want to keep rolling with it and going with your team and going with your team and going with your team? Keep everything ticking over nice. Make one or two little changes, tactical here or there, or personnel. Keep it going. Whereas now it's came to Kane Dave Holt, it's fell off now. Mm. He's got to go and rebuild that all again in three tough games to try and do it. Yeah. But the other phrase we regularly use is reality check. And <laughs> uh, and if Aberdeen can use that result, refocus, readjust, kickstart the season, get to the group stages in Europe, then that's that's all going to be very quickly forgotten. That's the way football is. It all moves on really quickly. And we're speaking about reality check, obviously, in terms of Rangers as well, John, because of those three defeats on the row, including uh, beaten twice, home and away by Malmo. So suddenly... Uh, the excitement and the prospect of reaching uh, the promised land of the the Champions League is taken away from them. But you're very, you very you have to dry your eyes very quickly, don't yeah, you? you do. And, and and think, okay, it's Europa League. Yeah, let's go further than we went last season. And even though uh, last season they did exceptionally well, um, you know, getting through to the the knockout stages, obviously, um, was it the last eight? Last last sixteen. Last sixteen. Last 16 yeah. um, but he made a couple of changes on Friday night in that 5-0 demolition of uh, of Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. One of the key points is whether or not he brings his skipper back in, Tavernier, uh, or keeps Nathan Patterson in there. You know, I, I think Steven Gerrard, I, I think he's loyal to players who, who've played well for him and I think Tavernier has been excellent for him over the years. He's got he's got competition. Nathan Patterson comes in, never lets anybody down. Um so that's an interesting call. Yeah. Uh, if I had if I had to go and say what I thought, I think he'll bring his skipper back. Mm-hmm. Um just because uh he's got more sort of experience at this level in terms well, of he's got to back him at this stage, yeah, hasn't he? But Patterson has done nothing wrong. No. So he will feel, well, you know, I've come in, I've played a lot of football, uh, decent Euros. Um he comes in for Tavernier on, on, on Friday night. He thinks, well, I want to keep playing. Mm. We won 5-0, we kept the clean sheet. So these are decisions that you know the manager you'd, has to you'd make. You'd probably think it's as close as it's been when they're sitting down to name the team. I'd imagine Tavernier will get the nod. I mean, he's your club captain. Mm. And, and ultimately, the person who replaces him has have they've had an incredible run of form and, and really pushed the boat out. So listen, he done well on Friday night, no problem about it. He was up and down, he was fine, he had a couple of little mishaps in the first half. So you, know, you could play him and there wouldn't be an issue. But I just think it's probably as close as it's been when, when he sits down with Gary McAllister and the coaching staff and thinks, right, who are we going? Rally and I would think everybody said, well, mm. Tav. You know, Tav and he, I think there'd be a few thinking, well, and there'd be a few more arguments, well, Nathan Patterson done this and Tavernier can you know yeah. and that just shows the progress mm. of Nathan Patterson and yeah. probably the little slow start that James Tavernier's had and then you flip the left back yeah. and you, you think you think there's more of a dilemma at left back I, I think that's a bigger one because when Steven Gerrard named his team on Friday night and he made eight changes he will have said to the players coming in you've got a jersey go and show me what you can do for some of you it's your first chance of the season for some of you it's your second chance of the season Go and put a doubt in my mind. Go and try and get yourself into the team against Alish Kurt on Thursday night. And Calvin Bassey was the standout player in the pitch. I know people say it was only Dunfermline, and I don't even mean his, you know, how he went in the game. His crossing ability and his, his cross for Yanis Hadji was, was top class. Really landed on the money. Took about four players out of play, enticed a goalkeeper out for a cross he was never going to come to because of the shape on the cross. And all Hadji had to do was put it into the net. He had another three or four fits in a cross goal. He was up, he was back, he was crossing, he was defending. I'm thinking you've given the manager a real issue here. Well, so, Bar- Barisic, Craigs is has been a really good player, for, magnificent last season. Yeah. Barisic, yeah, a real solid part of that back four on that left hand side. Real quality, 
into the box, knows how to defend, experienced. To leave Barisic out, you know, in a big game in the Europa League mm-hmm. um, qualifier on Thursday night would be a big call for me. Yeah, and if you'd and said that last season, you know, it would have been thought can't, you can't it would have been unthinkable yeah. because yeah. his, his but, figures were so good but on the in European football. Bassi, yeah. I know what you're saying. But I'll counteract that. When the manager names it team on Thursday or Friday past and says this is a team for Dunfermline, go and show me what you can do. He gets man of the match. I give him man of the match from the game I was working on for the TV. The stadium give him man of the match. The papers, I think, I didn't read them, but I'm sure I would give him man of the match. So you can't give that spiel or that message as a manager to the players. Go and get yourself into the team. Show me what you can do. He gets all that plaudits and then he goes back to Barasic. You then can't ever say to that player again, there's your jersey, go and show me what you can do. And you'll stay in the team. You think no, I won't because you didn't put you didn't keep me in last time. So that's the balance yeah. he has to find out. You have to shake one or two up. They didn't defend well against Malmo home or away. They conceded goals. I'm not saying it was anyone's uh, Barisic's fault, but you can't go with the same back four again. Mm. Then the rest of your defenders in the, in the squad think, well, he's never going to change it. You know, is it maybe time for me to move on? So th- there's a couple of big calls yeah. coming ahead of this game. Yeah, that's a big decision uh, to make. A couple of big decisions to make ahead of that game uh, at Ibrox on Thursday night. Um, one decision which uh, really didn't need to be taken on the other side of the city was who was going to play right back this season because there w- was only one. He'd been loaned here, there and everywhere. Uh, but he was still on Celtic's books. He got his chance and boy, is he taking it. Tony Ralston. My opportunity, you know, coming in for, from pre-season to, to get a few games under my belt to impress and that's all I tried to do. I just try and focus on me and um, in training and, and, and in games to give my all and hopefully keep getting more game time and, and, and to impress but uh, it was a big, it was a good opportunity and hopefully I can continue to play and to help the team as much as possible And here he is talking about the gaffer Yeah, since the manager's come in he's been great not just with myself personally but you know as a team he's, he's let us know exactly how he wants us to play as you can see from the weekend result you know the way we've been playing and things like that it's, um, it's coming together well but um, from a personal point of view, um, he's been great with me and understanding that kind of new role that I've got to play as a fullback, and I'm enjoying, you know, taking that new role on and you know trying to do my best that I possibly can. It's a great story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Celtic fans were looking at the team uh, right at the start of the season and thinking, "Wait a minute, what's happening here?" Tony Ralston's playing, yes, and 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 suddenly. Um, he's making it all work, and 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 he's uh, he's doing exactly what his gaffer wants him to do. He's been a credit. He's been a credit to himself and the way that he's gone into the team. Um, he's played very well. He's got forward. He looks fitter. Two great goals. Two good goals. He's added some goals to his to his game. Uh, and you know, there's a school of thought is is that Celtic will buy a right back. Mm. Um, whether or not Ralston is the answer. You know, mm. over 38 league games and cup games, and but what I would say is, he's not looked out of place. No. You know, he's not performed like you would say. He's not good enough. We need a right back because he's done very, very well. But whether he's the, he's the answer long term, um, whether Celtic, you know, whether Anne sees him as somebody that can come in for, you know, as a as a as a second right back, if you like, but. You know, he's got the shirt. He's yeah. got the shirt for now. And uh, he's almost got to say, you know, take it off me at your peril. Yeah, and, and he's had to he's had to learn about playing a, a whole new position as, as far as he's concerned as well. That inverted fullback position. Well, I thought Tony was going to talk to us there, but clearly clearly he's gone yeah. quiet. What, what, what impact has he made on you, Craig? Do you know what? It, prior to this little run of games that he's had, 
he was remembered at Celtic for his clash with Neymar wasn't it? but lifting mm. him off the ground that's what he was remembered for and that's what people would have remembered him for if he had left the club but I think he's starting to change that narrative a little bit he's starting to change the direction of how people are seeing him he's probably similar to how Celtic have been that the team are getting better and he's getting better with them you know so credit to him it would have been easy to feel sorry for yourself but he's took the challenge on he's kept his head down he hasn't said an awful lot of things he's let his football do the talking and now people are starting to change their minds about him. You know, how far he can go in the game or how long he'll stay as a right-back. Whoever comes in or whoever Celtic sign as a right-back, first choice or not, Rob, there is real competition for places now. And Anthony Ralston will not leave the team or go out of the team without a fight and a scrap, which is exactly where Ange Postacoglu wants his players to be. It's a great story. Uh, Tony Ralston uh, is back in the big time as a Celtic player and he will be a key part of tomorrow night Celtic against Alkmaar. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. It's Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show. Rob McLean, John Hartson, Stephen Craig and looking ahead to all the European football uh, coming up and let's hope that's a phrase we continue uh, to use for a fair bit longer into the season five teams set out still four let's hope it's uh, we're talking the same sort of language when we get to the the group stages it would be uh, great to see uh, teams other than Celtic and Rangers doing the business as well at St Johnson and Aberdeen we're going to be talking about in addition uh, to Celtic and Rangers in the next couple of days uh, let's talk to Jim and Rother Glenn hi Jim Evening, Rob. Uh, John. Craig. Hiya, Jim. Hiya, Jim. Craig, sorry. Hi. It was really just to ask uh, the boys in particular. Do you think that the board are going to back Ange adequately enough for us to seriously have a chance of winning the title? Did you hear him earlier on talking about uh, very being very confident, Jim, um, about more players coming in before the end of the of the window? He seemed he sounded pretty positive. I miss I missed the presser, Rob. I've been in and out of the house. I've not actually seen it. Uh, but with the sound of it, I mean, it's, he has a, a guy that seems to you know knows what he wants. But right, it's well, well hey, to... hey, Jim, if you missed it, uh, here we go. Just for you, here's Ange. We just need oh. players. And, you know, I've said that consistently from the start. And uh, I've also consistently said we're working hard. It's not an easy market to, to get deals done. But, you know, I, I can at least now confidently give a deadline because the deadline's actually coming up. So I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll have players in before the transfer deadline. Not pretty confident, I'm very confident. Um, it's just a matter of timing and getting getting things done. Like I said, it's it's, it's not as straightforward as it used to be. And, uh, you know, we're, we're very close to, to a few deals, I think. We just need to sort of keep doing what we're doing, stay focused and disciplined and, and make sure we get the right players in. And it'll help us enormously because, as I said, we're, we're putting a, a big workload on a, on a sort of core group of players at the moment. How does that make you feel, Jim? Uh, that was a seamless link there, Rob. That was fantastic. <laughs> 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 I know, I'm quite happy to hear that because uh, obviously he's dipped in so far. He's got Furuhashi, he's got Reed Abada as well. And I mean, I've, don't get me wrong, like every other Celtic fan, I've been happy to swoon over how good we've been the last couple of games, middle to front. But for me, I mean, I'd maybe want to ask Stephen this as well because he was an ex-defender. I always think of Sir Alex Ferguson's quote, attackers win your games, but defences win your leagues. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that Celtic will probably need another right back, another left back, and I still think another centre half. You know, just for competition for places more than anything. But you know, when you you know you're planning going deep into you know a Europa League season, Scottish Cup, League Cup season as well, as well as competing in the league, you're going to need that depth. And I don't think bringing in squad players is what he's going to look for. I'd imagine the three that he brings in would be near enough pushing to be straight into his team. Yeah. That's how you make the team stronger. The guys that have done well tonight, fine. 
But to make your team better, your 15, 16, 17 players better, the players you bring in, you want to be better than what you have currently in place. And if you can do that, then suddenly you're possibly looking at Greg Taylor and Stephen Welch and Tony Ralston as backup or drifting in and out and, and being able to make the changes seamlessly, knowing the players are capable of it. So I think that will determine how close they go in the title race. I would think you'd be spot on, Jim, is who he brings in, the three defenders he brings in, even two, three defenders who he brings in, that will decide whether Celtic can go right to the wire. I think you were asking, Jim, as well, you know, is he getting the right level of backing in the boardroom as well? And, and you know, maybe the yeah. indications are quite positive on that score as well. And he should, John Hartson, mm. be getting their backing because of, of the success yeah. he's had already. Spectacular success in the case of Furuhashi. Yeah, well, realistic backing. Uh, I don't think if he went for a player for nine million, uh, I think it would be a no-no. But I think if you look at uh, Kyogo, what was he, four and a half? Yep. Star felt roughly the same. Mm -hmm. Abada was at three. Mm -hmm. So I just think with the realism about this, I think they, they'll have a certain budget. And Andrew will know that. But you can tell already that he spent £11 million on three of his key signings who've been excellent for him. Um, and I think if he wants to spend another three or four million pounds on a defender, I think the board will back him. I think he's been he's been very vociferous and in saying that. I think he he almost changed his tune, Jim, didn't he, after the Michelin game. He gave an interview yeah. and he said, I need to be more forthright in terms of what I want. Mm. I need to press the board for new signings. We clearly need sign-ins. We clearly need some help in terms of the team. Yeah, and, and, he's, and, yeah, and he's actually effectively, yeah. I think, been leading the recruitment process from what he's been saying, yeah. Jim, as well. I think so. I, Robin, as you know yourself, and the Australians are never known for choking back on their opinions. <laughs> no. I, like, I like the, I like the how, you know, the, it's dead refreshing actually hear him uh-huh. speak the way that he does, but I just hope that he gets the backing because I like what I'm seeing just now, but I'm always just aware that you need to lock the door at the back and John's right, we're not going to sign somebody for nine million and I don't want a, a, a prospect or a project. Somebody on about the three, four and a half million, something like that. Mm. You need first team ready players, no you know experiments right. if you like. You need that little bit of quality, Jim. You need them players to come in and go straight straight into the first team. You know, this exactly. is not buy in for the future, buy in young eighteen year olds and everything else. I think this season more than anything, yeah, I'm all for buy in and then obviously making them better, selling them on for a lot more money in the future. But I don't yeah. think Celtic this season can go down that route. We've got a strong midfield. We've got good players, defensive midfield players, attacking midfield players, got good front players, good width. You know, we've got Furuhashi as well now there. But I just feel now you need players of quality. They're out there yeah. if you're recruitment and you you know and you work hard enough and you can get them, but it's going to be three, four, five million pounds, and then they come with that little bit of quality which you need to go straight into the team. No point buying players for the sake of having numbers. I've always said this. You need players to go straight into the team and to challenge the players that, that are already there now. You need options. Would it be a concern that your midfield trio would be Tom Rogic, Callum McGregor and David Turnbull, which is great when you have the ball and you're all attacking and you're going forward. But when you come up uh, against a better opposition, whether it's an old firm game or, or European well, football, you sit one in. would you need a sitter? Who would be more defensive-minded? Sorrow, can he do that? Is he good enough? Would you drop one? Would Sorrow get in ahead of those three? Well, it all depends your yeah. tactics, isn't it? it yeah, all but depends I... where you go in, and you know, um, would you go in Ibrox with the three there that you three? just said? Because in possession they're great. 
you know, mm-hmm. Rogic will run beyond. He's got that pass. Turnbull can get the shots off McGregor. The concern is if McGregor goes beyond those two to get involved in play, who then holds the middle of the pitch? And, and that's the one and thing Scott Brown is very good at. Yeah, well, those are big boots to fill, yeah, aren't they, they are. for, for Sorrow? Because Celtic yeah. have been so, so solid say, in that area. Say, sorry, Rob, what you say then, Craigs? Ideally, Jim, if we could get that another sort of sitting, holding midfield type. Yeah, a different type, yeah. You know, that would be key. Another mm. key, I said the goalkeeping position before Hart came in was key. Yeah. It was priority because yeah. he's far superior, yeah. better than the ones we've got. Mm. So if we could get a key, you know, another key position, a yeah. holding, sitting midfield player with quality who, yeah. who intercepts, who uses the ball very well, who's got... I suppose you've got James McCarthy, haven't you? Well. McCarthy as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he will be an he important be the one. I just player. In, yeah. No, yeah. me too, yeah, in that in that area. Yeah. Got a question for you, John. How many goals will Kyogo Furuhashi score this season? Five so far. I mean, he's off to an amazing start. If he what, stays what, what's he fit. capable of this season? I mean, he scored 16 and 21 in the J-League before coming here. And he's hit the ground running. Yeah, well, if he stays fit and Celtic keeps supplying him with the service, you know, we, we saw the the passes, you know, Christie's pass last week split, you know, you know, through the mm. eye of a needle. Yeah. If these players keep supplying him, I, I think he can get up to 25, 30. Mm. I really do. Um, and that would be magnificent in his first season, wouldn't it? Exciting stuff. Um, how impressed have you been, Jim, with, uh, with Kyogo? Oh, absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's, it's a guy just a, a joy to watch, you know, and I was listening to Big John's opinion earlier on. I've flip-flopped on this. I was all for Edward to leave a few weeks ago, but you know what? This season, as you say, John, it's so crucial. Yes. If we can win this season and you're getting straight into the Champions League, there's no any messing about with qualifiers. It's such a big prize, isn't it? 20, absolutely, 25 million plus. So that would be, a, you'd be able to make back the money on Edward if he helps you win the league. Absolutely, John. And, and now the reason why I said it, Jim, it's, it's vital... Mm-hmm. It's vital that he, he tunes into what Ange needs in terms of that high press, that work rate, you know, yeah. that that sort of desire change. If you listen, I think anyway, Edwards he's had criticism and something rightly so, but I think he plays like that. He plays a little bit carefree, Aye. doesn't he? Mm. That's yep. his whole demeanour. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yep. uh, but on the weekend there, he was outstanding. I, I'm with Jim. I think if we can keep him, I think the prize is there at the end of the season. Big game uh, tomorrow night. Jim, I'm going to get your thoughts on this after we hear from Ange about the significance of getting uh, good home results in European football. Yeah. If you look back, you know, over the sort of the history of the of the club, I think that's where that aura around European nights came about was that they, you know, got some pretty big scalps, particularly here at, at Celtic Park. The atmosphere, the crowd, it, it all pay, plays its part. It's why, you know, obviously I was keen for us um, as soon as sort of we got everyone into back into the stadium for us to, to you know, I sort of use the, the term of self, some belief to our supporters that, you know, and some hope that, you know, this year we'll, we, we can do do things. I think it's important, as you said, particularly in European nights, the atmosphere you meet sometimes away from home is is pretty challenging. So to be able to get results, big performances at home certainly helps you progress in the competition. He's very quickly, Jim, hasn't he got a sense of what Celtic are all about? Yeah, absolutely. And the crowd are buying into him. I don't know anybody that isn't. I mean, everybody's kind of hop, skipping and jumping up to the stadium just now because <laughs> of how impressive they are going forward. But I think tomorrow night, Rob, it's going to be a, it's going to be a big market to see where we are, I think. Because although we yeah. played very well, Hearts and Dundee are the two newly promoted teams. So this yeah. was going to be a, you know, a sense of quality that we're going to be playing. 
it'll be interesting to see exactly how we're going to be standing tomorrow after the game it'll be great John to think you'll be there it'll be great to think that Celtic stay on the front foot and get the, the sort of result they're going to need to take to the Netherlands yeah, I, I think they will I think they will Rob I don't think they know how to play any other way to be honest with yeah. you, if you play with that three, you know, that Quag spoke about um, in the middle of the park and we've got them three up top as well, Furuhashi, Edward through the middle. I think he's got to go the same way as we played against Hearts. I like, I'm not too sure if Furuhashi is, um, Kyogo, should I say, is too happy out on that left after the, you know, after how well he's been through the middle. But listen, good players can play together. They play in different formations. But I don't think that the, the players know how to play any other way. I think it's important that we keep clean sheets. Joe Hart might have a little bit more to do over the 90 minutes, but we rely on your goalkeeper to make saves. Um, these will be a level up from Mitchelland yeah. and Yablonets. But it'll be interesting yeah. to see how we go. But I, I think if we if we start on the front foot, we fly out of the traps. You know, Celtic Park is a very difficult place for the opposition teams to come and win. Jim, good to have you on the show. Thanks a lot, boys. Appreciate oh, it. All the best. Good to have you on the show, John, as well. And Craig's, thanks for that. Uh, the Go Radio Football Show returns tomorrow, live at five. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.